You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. I'm super excited today to welcome Jen Whitmore to the podcast. Welcome, Jen. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. I love your name. Thanks. <laughs> you, me, and like the rest of the world. <laughs> I know, I know. Bit, I'll tell you a little bit about Jen, and then I'll let her tell you a little bit about who she is also. But Jen is an ACSM, I have no idea what that means, but we'll find out in a minute, certified professional trainer, and she's been in the health and fitness arena for 12 years. She's the creator of Adventuring the Girl Life podcast and Road Warrior Wellness Concierge. She helps busy travelers obtain control over their health by building nutrition and training itineraries for them. And she helps you take your health with you wherever you go, which is awesome. We're going to talk about that because I was away for this weekend. And so we're going to get into that. But before we do that, what is an ACSM certified professional trainer? So ACSM is the American College of Sports Medicine, and that is actually just a brand of certification for personal trainers, but it is like the number one certification. So it's the hardest to pass. It's the um, most recognized. So Awesome. Thank you for clearing that up because I'm sure if I have the question, many other people do as well. Uh, And how long have you been certified as a trainer? I've actually been certified for two years as a ACS, uh, ACSM personal trainer, but I have been um, personal training, teaching classes, doing the whole gym thing for 13 years, 12, 12 years. Yeah. Awesome. That's, a, that's great. That's something I've always been so interested in because I always feel like I'm so interested in the whole training. I mean, I'm a little bit of a gym junkie. I mm-hmm. will admit that. But I find it so, the human body is so interesting because there's like things that you study, right? It's like basic, like lift up the weights and put them down and you'll build muscle and this and that. But everybody's body is so different. So I'm wondering like how you find that when you're like working with somebody, how you discover what works for their body and, you know, how you sort of like create these individual sure patterns for them. Well, I I will say, I don't really know, I guess, how men personal trainers feel about it. But as a woman, I feel like there's a whole lot of intuition that goes into it for for me personally. You know, there are things that I have known for a long time because I grew up in sports. I grew up lifting weights. And so I learned at an early age. And then as I continued to get older, you know, I just continued that path of working at the gym, teaching a bunch of classes. So not only does experience come into play there, but also the knowledge that you get from being certified and stuff like that. But the intuition definitely plays a large part just because I guess I can use myself as an example. I'm someone who puts on muscle really well, but I also put on fat really well too, you know, and then I have um, a client who is just very strong. And so as a trainer with that intuition, you can kind of see you know, like, okay, they're not really struggling enough. We need to up their weights. Um, This is uneven when they do their squats, you know, they're uneven. So now we need to relinquish the weights and work on form with just your body weight. So there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it, you know, as far as being taught and trained, but also being able to recognize what people look like as they're doing things. So 
Yeah. I think that's such good advice. I'm very much like you. I put on muscle pretty easily, but also I like bulk up very easily. So because of that, I get really scared of lifting weights sometimes like lifting heavy weights. And I know everything we hear is like, don't worry about lifting heavy weights. You're not going to bulk up, but all women fear it. Can you, can we like dispel this myth a little bit? What's the deal with that? Yeah. And so actually, um, that is true, but I feel like there's a caveat and, and you need to know your body type. Okay. So we don't have to go into that right now, but as far it's, it's very easy to look online, you know, you know yourself, whatever, but if you know your body type, it is going to matter because yes, as women, unless you're taking steroids, it's just not going to happen. I mean, unless you're someone who is training, you know, three and four times a day, six and seven days a week, and you're eating to, to accommodate that workout, you know, even it's just not going to happen. We're not built that way. Mm. But the caveat is, is that again, because I know my body, I'm someone who easily puts on muscle. I realize that I gain muscle very easily, but then when I slow down or I have a stressful time in my life or, you know, I'm pregnant with, you know, children, you know, all of those things, when you go, when you lean towards putting on weight, you are going to put on fat over top of that muscle. Mm -hmm. And so it is going to make you look larger. Mm-hmm. So yes, you're not going to look like a massive bodybuilder or a man or anything like that. But you do have to understand that as you continue to age, staying healthy and keeping your weight under control is all important things, not only for your health, but also the way that you want your physique to look. If you're someone like me who puts on muscle really well, you're also going to put fat on really well right over top of that muscle. So it is going to make you look a little bit larger. So it's just all about balance. Mm, Yeah. It's so interesting. I think also we have this idea in mind what a healthy fit body should look like. And really we need to let go of that because fit bodies come in all shapes and sizes also. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And um and something that I like to tell my clients too is is if you want the motivation like from following someone online, go and find someone that has the same body type as you. Go find someone that's the same height as you. I'm not going to I am 5'4" and I'm an ectomorph. That's that's the name for it. So again, I put on fat and muscle easily and I'm short. So I'm not going to go follow someone who's 5'6 or 5'10 and they're um, a fitness model. You know, I'm like, that's not what I'm going to look like. Even if I was in the very best shape of my life, that's not what I'm going to look like. You know, people with long legs, I don't have long legs. So there's a difference between knowing what you're going to look like, getting your motivation from outer um, exterior things but also realizing that you don't want it to hinder your processing because it's making you feel bad about yourself too. So we talk about that kind of stuff going back and forth. Such a good point because I get so trapped into those like before and afters on Instagram or, you know, and also by the way, those before and afters are great, but usually there's like three years between the two pictures and you forget to like keep that into mind. Right. Yeah. Um, But I, I find that too. I've talked about this before, even with like fashion, like I'll buy something on a website and when I get it home, it doesn't look anything like that on me because the model's 5'10 and she weighs 100 pounds, which is fine. Good for her. But I'm 
five, two, and it's never going to look like that on me ever, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and every single time I'm shocked, I'm like, wow, it doesn't look anything like the picture, you know, but it, and, but it's just a reality of, yeah, being able to find somebody that you can identify with that's similar to you and, and yeah. getting a clear, I think, healthy picture of what your fit body looks like. I mean, it's funny because right before I was sick, when I had cancer, I was in pretty good shape. And I could say that now, but if you would ask me then, I'd be like, I'm not in good enough shape. And you know, I don't understand why I can't lose this little bit of belly or I don't have more muscle. Like I go to the gym six days a week. I want to look like I go to the gym six days a week. Well, what does yeah. that even mean? You know, like what does yeah. that even mean? Now I think about saying that and I'm like, that's just such a ridiculous statement because what does that mean? You know, my body was muscular. Maybe I wasn't as skinny as I wanted to be, but you know, I was muscular. I was 40 something years old. Like that's the other thing to keep in perspective. Like, you know, your body does change and you know, listen, it would be hard for me, even in my classes, sometimes I'd see women older than me and be like, why are they in such good shape? Well, I have to remember they don't have kids to chase around and they can go to the gym for three hours a day. And I can't, you know, I have a half an hour if I'm lucky to bang out a workout, you know, or like if I'm in yoga and I'm like, Oh, I want to be long and lean and yoga ish. Well, that's just not my body. You know, like I have, I have the shortest legs in the world. I'm never going to be able to touch my toes without bending my knees. I don't think, you know? Um, so anyway, enough about me, but that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and I'm just want to share like some of the thoughts that I've had over the years, you know, of beating myself up because it didn't look like the way I thought it should look. But now it's so much easier for me to say, well, what's good for my body? Like what is what does being healthy in my body look like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we have to, you know, just like continually do on a regular basis, you know, because there's always the outside input, no matter where we go, it's hitting us in the face, you know, everywhere that we go. So we just have to be mindful on a regular basis. But something that I like to keep in mind is I, I actually heard it from stage one time from someone else. And they said, if you don't have your health, then you don't have anything. Amen. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you've got all the money in the world. If you are not healthy, then it doesn't matter. You know, I'm like, that's the number one thing, you know, besides time, you know, that I feel like is hard to keep or get back if you're not taking care of it. So again, once you, I mean, you know, if you ask someone, you hear things like on the internet all the time, like what the people who are on their deathbed, you know, think about their life or regret about their life. The same with people who have health challenges, you know, I'm like, are you so worried about all the things you did or didn't do like health wise? Yeah, you are because you know that for the most part, you you could have possibly prevented it. You know, I'm like, now we're not talking about like genetics or, you know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I can't think of the word. You know, just like sometimes things are just unfortunate and mm-hmm. people just get sick. Like that's not something that you can control. But I am working for, to the best of my ability to control my health mm-hmm. because we, the way that we live today, it just is what it is, you know, unless I'm going to leave and become like a nomad or Amish, you know, I'm like move away from technology, the modern civilization. I have to take care of my body to the best of my ability mm. so that I can live longer. That's, that's just the bottom line, the end. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I found that, uh, that definition for me has changed since I got sick. Like before it was all about, well, I don't want to get cancer and I don't want to do this and I don't want to be obese and I don't want to have blood pressure problems and I don't want to have heart issues. And then I got sick and I was like, what the heck? I did everything I was supposed to do not to get this. What's going on now? My, my exercise, you know, my exercise has been a struggle over the last two years because of physical limitations and exhaustion and side effects and all of that. 
I'm finally able to sort of get back into it. And I find that I'm working so much more on my intuition, like listening to what my body needs. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll be like, I'm going tomorrow. Like today's a perfect example, by the way. I was supposed to wake up this morning and go to Muay Thai, which I love. And it helps me get out a lot of aggressions and I kick the shit out of things and people kick the shit out of me. (laughs) And it's like amazing. And I just came off of a weekend meditation retreat. Uh-huh. And I woke up this morning. And I was like, you know, my body's not really ready for that right now. Like I'm really chill right now and I'm really calm. And I think if someone kicks me, I will just fall over, you know, like <laughs> I just don't think I can handle it today. So instead yeah. I did yoga this morning. Well, good for you for recognizing it. But the old me would have been like, but I didn't burn enough calories and right. now I can't Push eat through, as much today. Right? <laughs> and now together. Yeah. And now I'm just like, no, you know what? That's what my body needed today. My body's talking to me. And it's weird because I'm finding this new relationship with working out and taking care of myself. And some days, listen, there, there was a day last week I took Muay Thai, I did yoga, I, took, I did an hour of tennis and I went for a walk. Like there are some days where I can't get enough, you know? Sure. But um, on the days that I need to chill, it's like, oh, I'm taking that pressure off myself. And that's good too. Because I think sometimes you get overly like, I have to work out six days a week. And I, you know, do you experience that with clients? Oh, sure. You know, it just depends on, of course, the the person's uh, personality Mm. and their commitment level. But yeah, we talk about that stuff all the time, just as far as what you can physically handle. And and a lot of people that I get, um, they really don't understand the processes. You know, it's like, oh, well, I want to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, okay, this is going to take time. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to be able to lose 20 pounds before that wedding that you have, you know, next month or, you know, I'm like, you need to go slow because of this, this, and this reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And they don't understand how they need to be able to build up to things, you know, mm-hmm. and then also let go of things as well. You know, not only are we working in a healthy way to lose weight or to get stronger, but it's also not going to be, you know, like in the time frame that you want it, you're not going to be able to start from zero to working out for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's not just the amount of time in length, but the amount of immediate time. You know, if you've only got 30 minutes, then that you've only got 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you're at the point where you maybe are starting in an overweight position, your body's not going to be able to handle a workout like that. Right. Right. So, and, yes. and, the last, and then you get injured. And the last thing you need is oh, that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, girl, I have been on the injured list before and it is wretched. I mean, completely wretched. I am actually in the process of healing my left hip that I've been working on for over a year. Mm. And I think it probably, I mean, I, I could date it all the way back to maybe when I birthed my son who is eight years old now, it could have possibly, you know, continued to weaken uh, during my miscarriages with all of the stuff that I had going on, you know, being physically and mentally depressed through those hard years. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's life. You know, I'm like, but once we actually figured out the problem because I was having other injuries and it's like, oh, well, you're injured here because you're injured here, Mm. you know, and that's again, back to how your body all connects to each other and how it works. And I'm with you. It it totally fascinates me. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm in a year into healing my hip. Like it's ridiculous how long an injury takes to get over. So it's not worth it. You know, do it right the first time. You'll you'll save yourself so much pain. <laughs> yeah. You know, you brought up something interesting as far as like miscarriages and birthing your son. And and I think that, you know, the the female body goes through so much trauma, 
even, even if you haven't had children or you haven't had something like a miscarriage, you know, you go through your period and puberty and, you know, right now myself, I'm going through menopause and I have, my friends are going through menopause and it's so like dramatic and and it's such a big body change. And, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, I like gained 10 pounds, like in five minutes and that, which is also so interesting to me. Side note, why do you gain five pounds in five minutes? You can't lose it in five minutes. Of course, of course. But anyway, uh, you know, I gained five, you know, 10 pounds in five minutes and then I started working on losing it. And then all of a sudden I lost a bunch of weight real quick. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like this body is wackadoodle. It does not work the way it did a year ago, (laughs) you know? And also how we carry emotion in our bodies often leads to injury also, I think. And for me, I've really discovered that in yoga. Like there's times where we do hip openers and I just cry. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right now? And, I, and I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I remember I took a yoga class once and there was a new woman in class and the teacher said, does anybody have any injuries? And the woman raised her hand. She said, well, my hip hurts. That's kind of why I'm here. I'm trying to you know, work on opening my hip. And she says to the yoga instructor, which was so off, she should not have said this, so off base. But she said to the woman, how's your relationship with your mother? And the woman just started hysterically crying, like oh burst out and crying. And she was like, how did you know? And she was like, fix the relationship with your mother and your hip will feel better. It was so crazy. And I wow. really learned through yoga, like how much we keep emotional, when we hold on to emotional things in our lives, how it affects our joints and it affects certain parts of our body. How women, I think especially more than men, carry these things in our body, you know, stress yeah. in the back or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, do you ever find that with a client that they don't have like an injury, but there's something that they just, you know, maybe they're um, holding on to? So emotional work is not really something that I work on with my yeah. clients. That's something, you know, I I will tell them, you know, like if we're having a slow day, like maybe take some yoga. I really love yoga, Pilates, um, meditation, stuff like that. But as far as actually working with them on those things, that's not something that right. I touch on. Gotcha. No, cool. I'm, that's cool. I, I'm a, I always think like I have arthritis in my knee and I'm like, who do I need to make up with to make this injury better? Like, this is like, I'm like, who's bothering me right now that I need to fix that? But this is just my crazy way of thinking because I have no patience and I don't want to take Advil. So oh, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm not a pill person with, right. yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, got a vitamin for this and essential yeah. oil. Anyway. Yeah, what, right. What can we do to make this faster? Uh, can I apologize to someone? Like, can, can we just make this go away? All right. So let's move on to something that I know you do do. And that is really about working with women that travel. And this really piqued my interest because I travel a lot for work. Mm-hmm. And often to very random places that, you know, I told you when we spoke originally that, you know, I'm very good about saying, okay, well, I'm going to be going to Chicago. So I'm going to hunt down the Whole Foods and I'm going to go, I'm going to land three hours earlier than I need to. And I'm going to go to Whole Foods and stock up my little supply and I'll be good to go. So no matter what we eat somewhere, I can decline and I can eat an apple or I can have yeah. a granola bar or whatever. But there's sometimes you can't do that. And it's right. stressful. Or there's times where I'm traveling, like I go to Vegas, my God, I don't even know if I eat in Vegas at all because it's so busy. But also you're keeping weird hours. There's no time to work out. Your body's killing yeah. you from being on your feet all day. So I've experienced a lot of being prepared and being unprepared in, in my trips and in my travel. So tell me how you work with women that travel and want to keep up their health. And, and I'm just going to put a little caveat in there. I was, like I said, I was away for the last two and a half days at a, at a meditation mm-hmm. retreat. Mm-hmm. So you would think like for that, I mean, they're going to serve you like all vegan, everything, right? 
but it, it didn't work like that. It was uh, difficult food. I'm not feeling great today because of it. It's not my normal food. And it's so weird because I was only gone for two days and I come back and I go, wait, what did I used to eat again? Like, what did wow. I do? You know, like you, you were like, oh, okay, wait, I gotta, I gotta prepare the food I always eat. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're out of it so quickly, no matter how long you've been doing it. So yeah. I really resonate with that. And I'm going to shut up and let you do some talking and tell us how. That's <laughs> no, fine. So yeah, I do work with women and I also work with men, but uh, Road Warriors Wellness Concierge is actually a brand new concept. I am like, like this close to finishing with everything, you know, I've been getting the website um, redone and we're going to move into beta testing. We're doing a whole lot of stuff, but yes, the whole concept is to work with busy business travelers. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of times when people travel, they have that vacation mindset, whether they're on vacation or not, but that vacation mindset sets in, I'm away from home and I'm going to- don't count. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what can I eat here? You know, like I want to discover something new and that becomes the problem because of that vacation mindset. You know, we don't care. We're less disciplined. We take what we can get. You know, we eat- bad things just because you want to have new experiences. The concern with that is, is when you do that on vacation, vacation lasts a week. You know what I mean? And you might do it twice a year. You know, I'm like, so you've got two weeks if you're behaving yourself at home, but then you've got two weeks out of your year, who cares? You know, enjoy mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. But when you're a busy business traveler and you travel on the regular and you're regularly out of your environment, then that vacation mindset cannot be afforded. You know, like you, you can't live like that because again, you're falling on that unhealthy side. And we're just talking right now just about your food. You know, when you travel again, because you're so busy, you just said you don't, you don't even know if you eat when you're in Vegas. Most of the time when you're concerned about food, you're, you're not even concerned about the exercise. It's like, I have things to do that have to get done because other people are relying on me. You know, obviously you have to eat to live, but you don't have to exercise. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't even make it on your list. Mm -hmm. And so the exercise is something that we do work, um, work on. And even if it's just small increments of, okay, you're sitting in the airport because you have a layover. This is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got an extra hour that you need to get up to do a workout in your hotel room. We're going to accommodate that. You know, if you're someone who is really on the ball, and you want a gym so that you can go and lift weights, we're going we're gonna to find you that information. Mm. So the exercise portion, as long as you are willing, will help you take care of it. But when we move back to the food, you know, I'm sure that you've heard the rule. It's the 80-20. You know, it's the 80% food, the 20% exercise. Well, when you're out of your element, that 80% that matters, it again, it goes out the window. And a lot of it is because we're so busy, we don't have the time. Then we're looking at not knowing where to go or what to do because, again, we're not home. We're not in our routine. And so now what do you do? And then you've got the other portion of people who have to entertain clients when they're, when they're on yeah. their business trips. Yeah. And usually, because I'm thinking, like when I very first started doing market research, I'm like, okay, you know, we can find you great restaurants that you can take your clients to. That way, they're happy, you're happy. And that's not usually the case. It's the client's choice mm -hmm. is what I'm usually getting from people that the client gets to decide where they eat. Mm -hmm. And so they have no control. And so again, we're also now working around that. And so this is something that is highly customizable to the individual, but that's what we're doing. We are helping you 
save your health while you're out of your element. Because now we're just talking about the exercise and the food. We're not talking about your jet lag. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about you being up way early to catch your flight. Now you're sitting in the airport for three hours with a layover. Then you're getting in late. Now you're exhausted because you've basically done nothing all day. And I know you know what that's like. You know, you literally do nothing all day but you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how is that even? It, it's right. so hard. Not like I flew the plane. <laughs> exactly. So people who travel for work, they normally work an average of 240 extra hours per year than the average American mm-hmm. because you're always on the go right. and you're always accommodating other people. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to just give them a little bit more control back into their own lives so that they can get back home healthy, and safe and sound to their families. Yeah. And, and also to get back home and say, okay, if I fell off a little bit, I can get right back on. I think is really important because that for me, it was always that, well, I ate like crap all week. I might as well have a donut today too. I'll start Monday, you know, Sure. you know, for me, I used to have this little ritual, like I'm not a good flyer. So I am now because I've done so much of it, but I really don't like it if I'm being honest, but I, I'm in that boat. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll do it. And I realize if I want to see amazing places, I have to do it, but exactly. I'm not really a fan. I prefer to walk, but you know, you can't, you can't walk to like Australia. It's just never happening. So, (laughs) so, but so I used to have like little things that I found would soothe me, right? Like I'd get a Us Weekly magazine, and I would get a little thing of Swedish fish or Sour Patch Kids. This way, if I was nervous on the plane, it would distract me. Or, you know, I would be like, oh, I just love like Doritos, but I never eat them, but I'll get one for the plane ride or whatever. And then I was traveling so much that I was like, what am I doing here? This isn't a treat anymore. This has just become the way it is. Empty calories. Empty calories. So I had to cut it out and it was hard for me. I mean, I found alternatives and I found little tricks that, you know, I like to bring other things on the plane or whatever. But I've even, I mean, like I have no shame now. I've like cut up vegetables and brought it on the plane. I like whatever. I'm like, if it smells bad, it's your problem. (laughs) So bad. I, I really try not to bring smelly things, but you know, it's, it's like shifting your mindset also, you know, of like, okay, if it's a matter of like chewing on something, I can chew on a cucumber. I don't have to chew on the Sour Patch Kid to Mm -hmm. have the comfort, you know? But I was, I was so much in that boat too, Jen. Like I would be like, well, I'm in Seattle. I have to try this thing or I'm in Atlanta. How do I not have fried green tomatoes or, you know? And so I sort of abide by this like two bite rule. Like if somebody else orders it and I want to try it, I'll give myself one or two bites of something and I'll allow myself to enjoy those two bites, but I will not order the thing. I will not put it in front of me. That's a good one. Yeah. So like recently I was in Arkansas and believe it or not, we went to this amazing restaurant in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, and they had this incredible dessert. And I was like, I'm going to take a bite of that dessert. And it was well worth that bite full of dessert, but I could have easily eaten the whole thing. I'm very glad I didn't order it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it's um, all about balance. You know, I do um, talk about on my podcast, whether, you know, you're an abstainer or a moderator. Mm -hmm. And right there, that's an example of you being a moderator. And that's fantastic. I cannot do that. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm going to eat it, then I'm going to eat it all. Mm -hmm. I cannot, like, we don't even, I don't buy cookies for my house because I'll eat them in two days, like the whole bag. Mm-hmm. And I realize that about myself. So I know if I want something, then I'm going to do that, but it's going to be much like of a larger mm-hmm. span of time. You know, like if I do it once every six months or something, you know, then that's fine. But it's either an all or a nothing for me. And I think that you just have to realize what kind of person that you are. But 
on the grand scale, you know, if you're at home and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and now you have to take a business trip, if you want to try the dessert, if you want to eat chicken wings or pizza from that place, it's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not going to gain 15 pounds, you know, in one meal, but you can't go to that same place all four days you're on your trip. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can't be eating ice cream all seven days of your trip because in two weeks, you're going to go on this trip again. So you can't, you know, have seven days worth of ice cream this week and then two weeks later, you know, four days of pizza. You just have to balance it all and realize how it looks from, you know, your perspective on what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, how often you're traveling, where you're going. All of it comes down to what you are working towards. You have Mm -hmm. to know yourself and we're just trying to help people facilitate that. Mm, it's so great that you said that the the uh, moderator or the abstainer, because sometimes I'm I'm one or the other. Like I don't. Oh, okay. So before Depends I was what it is right. Yeah. So before I was sick, I would be an abstainer. Like I gave up candy for a year. Like when I wanted to give up the Swedish fish and the Sour Patch Kids on the airplane, I decided I was giving up all candy for a year. No candy wow. for at least a year. So I didn't touch candy for a year. I went through like, all right, I'm going to go 90 days alcohol free. I'm going to be a vegetarian. I, I, try, I dabble with all this stuff, partially because I like the challenge of it. I think sure. that yeah. like as I an entrepreneur that. and as a person, it's like, oh, it gives me a fun challenge to do, you know? So I used to be an abstainer. And once I got sick and then I got better, I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to abstaining with certain things. And I couldn't do it. It was so much harder. So I was like, you know what? I think that this is sort of like the uh, post-cancer, you only live once. Why should I yeah. never have ice cream again? You know, sure. but so I made a deal with myself. Okay, you can have ice cream, but taste somebody else's. Don't have your own, you know? Yeah. So that said, it's a great compromise for yeah. you. That said, I have a weakness that I'm going to admit to everybody and it's Doritos. I love Doritos. And I'm pretty sure somebody with cancer should not be eating artificial yellow and orange shit. But you know what? I've learned a way around that too. So my kids would always be like, can you buy Doritos? And I'd buy the big bag of Doritos and then I would eat them because they're in my house, for God's sake. They, if they're in my house, they're in my mouth. That's just the way it is. <laughs> I started buying the snack size Doritos because I'll oh. never open one of those ever. I said to my kids, you can open as many of them as you want. I don't really care, but I'll never open one. It's just, a, it's just like an unwritten rule that I'll never open one. But if there's an open bag of big Doritos, I'm eating them. So even in my house, I need to make sure that I modify certain things. Yeah. You know, my son's like, come on, I want more than like four Doritos. I'm like, open as many bags as you want, dude, but just don't bring them around me. <laughs> you know what? Oh, that's fantastic because you have figured out a workaround for yourself. And even if someone wanted to take your idea and use it, then they could open one bag for themselves and they're right. still eating a limited amount and then it's over. You know, I'm like, that. that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's so funny when you look at the back of one of those little bags and you're like, oh, there's like 150 calories in here and, you know, 4,000 grams of fat and whatever it sure. is and sodium, whatever, all the bad shit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I would never eat that. But when you look at the back of a big bag, you're like, oh, there's like 80 servings in here. So I can have like three times the amount that's in that small bag. Like it's such a little <laughs> difference, you know? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I'm like, I'm not tracking how many Doritos I ate or you. Like, it's one serving. I ate as many as I wanted in one serving. That's right. It. <laughs> and now I'm done. 4,000 calories later. <laughs> but they're kind of worth it. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. like, I love Doritos. And that's the other thing. I have to remind myself sometimes, like, I've given up certain food. And like, as I eat it, 
I'll try to like gross myself out. Like, you know, dairy is a big one. I love dairy. I love cheese, but I've had to give it up because it's just not good. It's just not good. I mean, everybody out there can say whatever they want to say. I had cancer. I'm not eating dairy anymore. It's just not happening. Like maybe a bite or two here and there, but it's, it's off the plate for the most part. Right. But I love it. You know, and so like sometimes if I do eat it, I'll like take a bite and I'll be like, this is so bad for me. This is getting into all my cells and poisoning them. And like I try to gross myself out. So I make that correlation between the food and the bad thoughts so that yeah. at some point I could look at the food and go, oh, I'm not going to ever eat that. Yeah. Oh, I, I will say I agree with you on the dairy, but I have not been able to give it up yet. There are plenty of things I have given up. Like I don't eat ice cream very often. It's very few and far between. I never drink milk anymore, but cheese and sour cream. So good. Oh, yeah. So good. I know. Yeah. It's it's brutal. Oh, food. Um, all right. So... <laughs> I want to ask you, do you have like a piece of practical advice we can give a, like a piece of general practical advice we can give anybody out there who does a lot of travel that could be like a rule for everybody. Like something like don't go buying Swedish fish before you get on the plane, but you know, something that really kind of applies to everybody that might be helpful to someone out there. Yeah. Um, and I think I mentioned it already, but yeah, definitely my, my number one would just say, make sure that you do not have that vacation mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, if you are just so completely busy, cause I, I have, um, a couple of clients like this, but if you are literally just so busy that you are go, go, go your entire trip and you have no time to go to the grocery store to pack your own food, anything like that, just make sure that you're not in that vacation mindset of, you know, okay, I can go drink and I can go eat and whatever, whenever. And as long as you do that, then you will, you know, mentally be a little bit more conscious of what's happening while you're gone. Mm, and the mindfulness factor is so important, isn't yeah. it? I oh, God, I'm learning that so much after I mean, that, that appeals to me today, especially because I just came off of this mm. meditation retreat, but learning so much about how mindfulness not just in your eating, but like every aspect of your life really makes you aware. I, there's so many times when you, I've eaten something and I'm like, who ate the bag of chips? Like, you did. I'm like, I did? Like, I don't even remember doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's weird. Um, I, I think our habits, you know, play a lot into that as well. And just for example, you know, I, I feel like when I think takeout or quick food, the number one thing that pops into my mind is pizza. Like pizza is just that thing that's always, you know, on everyone's mind. I mean, even my daughter, who's someone who cannot eat dairy, like she physically can't intake it without, you know, side effects. She rips the cheese off, eats the rest. So she's still eating pizza. Mm -hmm. And when we are really busy, again, out of our element, we've had a really long day. All we want to do is go back to our hotel and veg. What are you going to eat? You're going to get takeout because you're tired and don't have any time for anything else, or it's really late and nothing else is open. Could you like do like Postmates or Uber Eats like a salad from somewhere? Sure you could, but are you going to? Probably not. The quickest, fastest, easiest thing you're going to grab is pizza. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to, again, stay mindful of what we're doing, mm, even yeah. when we're tired. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want one other thing you mentioned before about working out in hotels. This is a this is a tough one for me. I always bring my workout gear and I probably use it like 10% of the time. Ah. Uh, it's a tough one because you know you're physically tired and also this is like kind of geared to the moms out there. Yeah. 
dude, I have like 24 to 48 hours in a hotel room without children. I'm using it. You know, <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not leaving this bed at 4.30 in the morning. I was, I messaged a friend the other day. It was like super early and they responded. I'm like, what are you doing up? And they were like, oh, I, I wanted to get up for a workout. They were out of town. And I was like, are you nuts? Like, you have, ew. <laughs> like, I get it. I love to work out, but like, why? You don't have anybody there waking you? you up, you know? But that's like, <laughs> but that's such a terrible mindset. But it's so easy to get lazy in a hotel room. I'm sure there's probably even like just body weight workout stuff you can do in the room, right? Oh, yeah, plenty of stuff. And we actually do all that stuff. Like I said, like we'll customize it. But yeah, we have suggestions on like easy things that you can take with you. Because again, you know, hotel workouts. Um, and I do feel like, you know, our society in itself is really getting better at this stuff. Mm-hmm. But while we're still, you know, on the ups, swing. You've got those hotels that have this tiny little box workout room. There's one treadmill, a small amount of weights, and it's so hot in there that you're dying because it's this little box room. Or creepy or creepy. Like I'm always like, someone's going to murder me in here and I'm no one will find me. Yeah. 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 Or you've got the sweaty guy Mm -hmm. who is on the treadmill and you don't know how long he's going to be there and you're standing Mm -hmm. and waiting and 30 minutes later, he's still there. You go back up to your room. And if you actually have the willpower to come back down and check if he's still there, yeah, he's still there. So now what are you supposed to do? (laughs) You skip your workout. You go back to your room, put your pajamas on. Oh, well, lost cause. So we do do, um, we build the workout plans for those um, exact situations, but also we have an accountability piece that we offer yeah. in the business. And that is for those specific people you just mentioned, you know, you bring your stuff, you really want it, you're prepared, but you're just not motivated to do it. Like mm-hmm. you said, you've got that time by yourself. And so the accountability piece in, in the business is where we have that availability. If you want more encouragement, outer encouragement for someone just to be waiting for you. Like, Hey, have you done your workout today? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm like, we have that available for those people because most of us are like that. Yeah. Always need that little push. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I meant to mention it before and I forgot, but it's so important. It's that accountability piece. You know, um, at this meditation retreat that I went to, I went with my best friend and in the middle of the retreat, I wrote her a note because we weren't allowed to talk to each other. (laughs) I wrote her a note. I felt like I was in high school. And I just said to her, you know, at the end of this, we need to hold each other accountable because I already see that this practice is amazing, but it's easily to slip away. You know, it's easy to slip away unless we really care for it. And I am not always the greatest at making promises to myself, but I will never let you down. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was like hundred percent. So the first thing this morning I woke up, I sent her a text, yoga check, meditation check, have a beautiful day, you know, and she wrote back, oh, my meditation sucked this morning. And, you know, like we were going back and forth about it. But yeah, it's important to have that accountability piece because people have a hard time being accountable to themselves, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And I think um, even even something as small as, like for me, I don't, I don't have like a, a person, you know, I'm like, but I have a place. Uh-huh. So I have a gym in my garage that I train clients in. I'm like, do you ever think that I work out like 10 feet from my desk? No, I never go in there and do my own workout because guess what? The laundry's piled up. I've got work to do. My kids are home. Like there's no way that I'm going out in the garage to do a workout. I'm going to go to the gym. And even though I wear my headphones every single time, I see the exact same people. I never speak to them, but it's like, oh, hey, you, I saw you last week. Yeah, I'm here too. Yeah. You know, like you just go for that outer accountability, even if it's not actually personal. 
Yeah. You know, like you just need to see other people like working towards their goals. And even though you don't know their name, they see you, you see them. And I think that's a good point also for people that are a little more competitive. Like I am competitive. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Like I can sit next to you at a spin class. I don't need to know your name. I don't need to know where you're from or whatever, but I will pedal faster than you, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'll try or I'll die trying, you know? And uh, it's interesting because recently I gave up my gym membership. I wanted to try, I was having trouble with the times of the classes and I wasn't really making it. Uh, I was like, you know, this is crazy. I'm going to start doing some stuff at home. Wow. I I got a Peloton. Oh uh, yeah, which is fancy and amazing and has all sorts of things on it that you know I could work at all day every day. But it's it's and even though there's a leaderboard and you see what other people are doing, it's just not the same for me as riding next to somebody else. Or yeah. like I can easily be like, oh, I'm just gonna roll over and go to bed. But if I signed up for a bike at my gym, I'm showing up. Like I don't oh, yeah. you know, it's so crazy. I mean, I'm definitely using the Peloton. It's it's not I spend enough money on it that I have to get my ass on that bike, sure. you know? Yeah. But if it was less money, I probably wouldn't. Such a weird thing. Yeah. And I think that does matter too. Um, I don't know if you've seen those websites like Diet Bet is one of them. Yeah. Pay the money yeah. to lose the weight. And if you don't lose the weight, then you lose the money. And I'm like, that for me, like when I was first starting out, like after I you know, was pregnant and had my kids, I wanted to lose weight. And I, again, didn't have any outer accountability to do so, even though I wanted it. And so I bought a program and this program at the time, it was a hundred dollars. And at the time for us, a hundred dollars was a lot of money. And so I just knew like that hundred dollars could have gone somewhere else that was much more important than me buying a little workout program. And so I was on that thing, like white on rice and I lost 20 pounds. Like I completely changed my physique. Like it was very, very important, but it was also very, very hard. Like the workout program I bought, it was hard Yeah, because I had spent that money. I stayed on it, but after it was over, yeah, I'm like, I didn't have that accountability piece anymore. I had already gone through it, got my money's worth. And it just like you, you need the next thing. You need the next goal, the next accomplishment, the next person to hold you accountable. Mm. You have to keep looking forward at all times. And I think that that stems, you know, outside of your regular like exercise and health. I'm like, that's anything and everything in life, just your career, your children, you know, your faith uh, walk, your marriage. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. And I think that this all to wrap it up really comes back to really knowing yourself, you know, knowing what you need for success and setting yourself up for proper success, following the right people that look like you, that you can relate to working out with somebody that uh, knows your body type and can customize things for that. You know, what kind of eater you are, know what kind of accountability you need or what motivates you. So I think it's really all comes back to sort of knowing yourself, which is why I love that you do all these custom programs because part of the downfall of like buying these online programs is that it's like one size fits all. And that's just not the way it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. We're not all the same size, shape. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So it was so great to talk to you, Jen. Tell everybody where they can find you if they're interested in this program or asking you any questions. Awesome. Thank you so much. So everywhere online, I am Jen Whitmore Training. And then our brand new website for the concierge service is RW Travels Well. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me. And I, uh, I think you're awesome. And you guys reach out to Jen if you need some help. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. 
If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.